Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When it's time to party, we will party hard. And welcome into another great edition of That Sports Show. I'm sure why I hit a different octave there. Uh, it's early on a Saturday. Uh, of course, this is not when we usually would do the show. It's when we are doing the show. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Let me reiterate that. It was called to my attention by a fan of uh, this week's previous show, Strong Style our weekly MMA and pro wrestling show, Combat Sports, that I did not say my name at the beginning of it. So in case you are a new listener to the show, I am once again Jeremy the Impact York, and thanks for that amazing fan for calling that out. I had to go back and listen to it. I've never done that before. (laughs) If I have, it's been a long time. But that was that show. This is this show. Otherwise known as That Sports Show. This is our weekly all-sports show here from Impact Media. We talk, uh, later on in the year, we will talk Swarm Lacrosse. We will talk uh, Rugby ATL once it fires up later on. We will talk college football a little bit, Georgia State. Talk a little baseball today, actually, uh, because I did something last night I have not done in a long time. And, uh, of course, we'll talk Falcons football, but we're going to start in the NFL. There's a lot going on in the NFL. Uh, This, see, did I write down? No, this is not even something I wrote down. Something that has developed in the last day or so. First, it was told that the Carolina Panthers are not in, in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And then it came out in the last 30 hours that actually they could still be in the mix and a proposed deal they could offer. Pretty sure the trade deadline is Tuesday at 4 p.m. Stay tuned for that. A proposed deal the Carolina Panthers could send to the Houston Texans for Deshaun Watson is three first-round picks and Christian McCaffrey. Now, at first, I was like you guys. Christian McCaffrey, are you kidding me? He's one of the best, most premier. Uh, just, he's beyond an all-purpose back. He can do everything. But then, if you think about it, he's injured again. He seems to get dinged up a lot. Takes his value down a little bit. Maybe they're looking to move on from him as well. And if they get their quarterback, then they can use, I guess it would be second-round picks in the upcoming draft, second and third, to find another running back. Or maybe they like the guy behind him. Who knows? But the fact that they're back in the mix. Here here were the four teams rumored to be a part of this. Rumored to, there's actually five for various reasons. Five potential teams that could have been in on the Deshaun Watson trade market. Obviously Carolina, that I just said. We know about the Miami Dolphins and their issues, even though I'd have to argue, even yeah, it was against Atlanta's defense, but last week, Tua threw for almost 300 yards. He had two interceptions, but he had four touchdowns. That's that's a more Tua-like number. 
I think that kid can be good in this league. I don't think he can be a game breaker, but I think he can be pretty good. So that's Miami. Uh, at some point, Washington, the Washington football team, were rumored to be part of a three-team deal that involved Miami and Houston that would move to a there and Deshaun Watson to Miami. So there's three teams. The fourth team is the Denver Broncos, who I think are out. I, I don't see... They do need a quarterback, but I don't. I think they're going to let the dust settle and they're going to make a move at somebody else in the offseason. Um, I'm not even going to say Matt Ryan because I, I could make an argument that the way the Falcons are playing right now, they should keep Matt Ryan. Well, hopefully I'll remember that. <laughs> we'll talk about the Falcons here in a minute. And then there's the fifth team, who I believe is actually a little more of the wild card, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. And from for the most part, everybody said, "Oh, well, they have uh, they have Jalen Hurts. Yeah, he's playing okay. He's be playing slightly better than Tua, but he's not. He's not an A plus starter. He's I'd give I'd give him a B to a to a B plus. He's he's been pretty good. He's he's had his moments. But if they wanted to make a move for Deshaun Watson, and I've heard Deshaun doesn't want to go to Philly, that's why they're pretty much out." And also why Denver was pretty much out too. Philly made a move this past week that suggests they're going to make some sort of play for something. Maybe this trade deadline, maybe after the season. They traded Joe Flacco to the Jets. Now the Jets do need a backup quarterback at the moment because their backup is starting. Mike White is starting for the injured Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson will be back in a couple weeks. Uh, I think at that point, you keep Joe Flacco as a, a veteran presence to help develop Zach Wilson because, I mean, he had Mike White behind him. Mike White is as new to, new to the NFL as, as Zach Wilson was. He may have a year on him, but either way, Philly cleared the deck. They... They made it to where they could either keep Jalen, who I'm pretty sure is on a commercial that's on TV right now. They could keep Jalen Hurts as a potential starter or backup and potentially make a move for another quarterback. I think that's very much what Philly's doing. There are a couple that could be available, obviously Deshaun Watson being the main one, but I'm sure you could talk to a couple teams. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. Because we see what San Francisco is doing at the moment. Maybe if Kyle Shanahan realizes this is a chance to get something for Jimmy to clear the deck for Trey Lance. And when I say clear the deck, it's move all obstacles out of the way. That's what clear the deck means, at least to me. To move all obstacles out of the way. If he wanted to do that, that would be that would be the move, in my opinion. Maybe it's Garoppolo. Maybe uh, Seattle. Could they part with Russell Wilson? I, I I don't know. I think that would be an after season thing. But it's it's really caused a shakeup right here. The potential of of McCaffrey moving. The potential of, of quarterback shakeup because of those five or six teams mentioned, somebody's going to have Deshaun, whether Houston keeps him or not. One of those teams is going to is going to have Deshaun Watson, and the other teams are not. So they're going to be looking for other options. Carolina's pretty much telling us right now it's not Sam Darnold, and based on his play in the last few weeks, it's not Sam Darnold. I think they're stuck with him and his contract for another year, which makes the Deshaun Watson thing interesting. But if you move McCaffrey's contract, that would free up probably the cap room to have both. And besides, whoever gets Deshaun Watson is more than likely he's not going to play this year. He might not play part of next year because of whatever 
whatever consequences there is from his court cases that are coming up, I believe, in February. But there's an opening rant that popped in my head and kind of developed in the last week or the last day that uh, is actually not even on my sheet. But a good opening rant. And that's actually going to lead me into what was going to be my opening topic. Is Kyle Shanahan a good head coach? And is John Lynch doing a good job as GM? I would argue Lynch is doing a pretty good job, above average job of of, uh, being a GM. But before you say, well, yeah, he's bringing in good players and he's being able to put together good packages and, and draft good and everything. Whoa, pump the brakes. That's not really John Lynch's role. John Lynch is doing more of the business side of things. Kyle Shanahan has more roster control. So it's Kyle who is calling the shots on who is getting brought in, things like that. Now, Lynch is is a part of it. It's not just a 100% Kyle, no. But Kyle has almost ultimate reign over the players he has. But let's think about this. Outside of the Super Bowl year, that was fantastic, but it's because everybody stayed healthy. He's had to deal with injuries and other issues in the, gosh, what is it, a handful of years he's been there. And it seems like every year they are at or below 500, are they not? It, without looking that up, they're usually in contention early for the division, and then either the Rams or Seahawks take it from them about midway through. So given the results and given, you know, they traded up to get Trey Lance and he does not look NFL ready. He doesn't. Which could be a snag in moving Garoppolo at the deadline. We know this. But if you're already out of contention, and I'm I'm pretty sure they're out of contention because they're either going to be third or fourth in their division. They're going to battle Seattle for that. Seattle is in a similar situation. Do you try to get the most for Russell Wilson now, or do you keep being kind of uh, pig-headed about it, keep being stubborn and saying, no, he's not going anywhere. He's going to stay here. He wants to be here. No, he does He wanted to leave last year. So why not try to make the most of it? especially if you're San Francisco. You're going to be third or fourth in your division. You're not going to beat the Rams, and you're not going to beat the Cardinals. That's a proven fact. While Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, why not move him? And maybe, I would be honest, if you could move Brandon Ayuk, I would do that too. And his name? Ayuk. I know that's his last name. The receiver. Move pieces that you can now. We're not doing a complete fire sale. We're not doing a complete reboot. But Ayuk is is not really fitting your scheme. That's why his numbers have been down. He's, his production has dropped off. Get something for him. Maybe you can get a third or fourth rounder. For Garoppolo, you could at least get the second rounder you paid for him, which is where he was drafted. So, let's uh, let's see what they do. In my opinion at the moment, is Shanahan a good head coach? Well, he's good. He's not great, but he's not awful. He's, he's honestly put him, let's see, up to 32 teams. 16 would be halfway. I would put him, without really thinking, you know, having to go through the entire list, I would put him maybe outside the top 10, just outside the top 10. He's... He's above average. He's better than half, you know, a little more than half of everybody at the moment. That's that's where I would play. Uh, J.J. Watt is pretty much done for the year. His injury is going to require, uh, I think, shoulder surgery. Um, he is going to go ahead and get surgery now. There is a really, really stretch of an outside chance that he could be back and help the Cardinals really, really late in the year. Like we're talking maybe NFC Championship, Super Bowlish, 
I know he really wants to play in those games. He never had a, an opportunity really to with Houston. But we'll just have to see. And this is another thing that as good as he was playing, he always looks good early, and then he gets hurt. And then that's the end of it. So hopefully J.J. Watt, you know, gets the surgery, heals up nicely, is able to return. It would be great. He's done a lot of really good things, especially leadership-wise with the Cardinals. I think between him and A.J. Green and some of the other veterans they moved in, I think that's made a lot of difference. Besides their play, I think that's made a lot of difference in showing some of these young guys how to be an NFL player. Uh Dude just had to mention the uh, the Mike Tomlin to USC stuff. We all know everybody denies something until it happens. Nick Saban said for, what, a week, week and a half, I will not leave LSU, what, for the Dolphins. And then he said, while well, being Dolphins head coach, I am not going to Alabama. And a week later, he was the Alabama head coach. So I get that. I do. I get that. But the way Mike Tomlin addressed the USC rumor, and, and look, Tomlin, I understand you're upset, but you you should be upset at Carson Palmer, who said your name on the Dan Patrick Show. That's where all this started. Because before that, everybody had, oh, the USC job. They said uh, James Franklin. They said, uh, you know, all the all the who's who of, of college that would, that would potentially want to move to a big program like that. Mike Tomlin has probably one of the top five jobs in the NFL. Possibly in sports. Because the Steelers, he's only the third head coach in like, I don't know, feels like a a millennium. Because Chuck Knoll was there forever. Bill Cower was there forever. And then he took over over 10 years ago. 15 years ago, I believe. Uh, They've never had, they've been 500 or better every year he's been there. This year could be different, but we'll see. But I like that he come out and he addressed it early, and I'm sure he's talked to his team about it. If Tomlin leaves there, it's going to have to be just a heck of an offer, and he's not going to college. Why would he go to college? He's already at the top of his profession. Yeah, USC is a pretty good job, but it's it's a fraction of what he has in Pittsburgh, where he's actually liked. It's different if, if they were trying to run him out of town. They're not. He's only a quarterback and a couple pieces away from this thing being a Super Bowl run again. And he'll get his quarterback. I think he's getting Russell, Russell Wilson. It's my just blue moon out of nowhere guess. I'm gonna, I think Russell Wilson goes to Pittsburgh next year. But we'll see. But I like that he addressed it. That's the, that's the main part I wanted to say there. I uh, kind of addressed most of the quarterback market with my opening rant there, but I want to add three teams. Well, two, because I mentioned San Francisco already. I think there's two other teams that are going to be looking at the people available. The Russell Wilsons, the Garoppolo's, you know, the uh, the who's who of names, and, and maybe there's a guy in college they want to take a risk at. Some of these two teams, I don't think so. The New Orleans Saints, because we know Taysom Hill is is not an option, or he would already be the option. He was he, he thought he was going to take the the keys to the kingdom once Drew Brees left, but Drew Brees left, and they handed it to Jameis Winston, which is the better choice. Let's be honest, is the better choice, and. Jameis is okay, but if they had the ability to upgrade, I'm just going to keep throwing out this name, Russell Wilson. There are some other uh, Aaron Rodgers. Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers with Sean Payton? You think he's doing good with uh, Matt LaFleur. With Sean Payton, he he may shatter records. That would be unbelievable. And these are, obviously, we're playing fantasy land stuff, but I think New Orleans is one of those teams that if they get the opportunity to upgrade, you 100% upgrade. I don't know the contract situation with Jameis Winston, but I'd be willing to bet they kind of let it go. I would consider doing that. 
And then the other team is Chicago Bears. The Bears are at a point where they almost need to consider a rebuild. And you could argue that they've technically been doing that for a while. And I would argue that Ryan Pace is doing a, a just wretched, horrid job of doing so. And you guys know that, Bears fans. I mean, I married into a partial Bears Bears fandom. So I've been to Chicago. I've talked to a lot of Chicago fans. I talk to them pretty regularly and not just the ones I'm related to. You guys know, Matt Nagy might be a good coach. He's not going to coach this week. He's on the COVID protocol, I believe. But as good a coach as Matt Nagy could be, I would argue, I don't know if Justin Fields is your guy, but it's only been a year, a a real bad learning curve. And who who is Justin Fields throwing to outside of Allen Robinson, who is an all-world receiver? I told Allen Robinson that to his face uh, in between him going from Penn State to Jacksonville. I also told him he'd make a good Jaguar. Really good call that the Jaguars happened to pick him when I said that. But outside of Allen Robinson, who else is on that team? You got Khalil Mack. Well, you can't trade him. For one, he's hurt. And two, you just can't trade him because of his contract. They got what? Uh, Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith from University of Georgia. A lot of dog fans that listen to this. You guys know who that is. You're not trading him. That's your two defensive pieces. I mean, what else do you have up there, Chicago? You guys need, like, right now you got warm bodies. You need better bodies that can that can uh, perform better. So Chicago, maybe Fields is your guy. I would keep Dalton as a backup because he will help Fields develop. But at this point, you, you kind of got to maybe see what you can get for Allen Robinson and if it can help you. Can it help you? Because Chicago, you guys need to be back on top. There's a really good shot that Aaron Rodgers is going to be out of your division next year because he, he's not coming to you guys. You guys know that. Uh, because, hey, lack of a better way to put it, Aaron Rodgers does own you. Mostly because in Aaron Rodgers' terms, or in, in, his, in his tenure, the package has been really good, and you guys haven't. So that's part of why he owns you. But still... Chicago and New Orleans, I I think, are the ones that need to, and San Francisco, let's throw those in there. Those are the three I have together here. They need to take a step back and really evaluate or reevaluate their positioning in the NFL and determine what they want to do. Uh, let's, Let's round out the NFL stories real quick. I already said the Flacco thing. Um, Roger Goodell says there is uh, nothing to see here for the release of the Washington football findings. So let me get this straight. So there's an investigation with tens of thousands of emails from an organization that has all kinds of former employees from, you know, the cheer squad all the way up to the front office, former employees who have accusations and other things and and are saying, hey, you've got to look into this. And so far, all that's happened is the former ESPN broadcaster, now former Las Vegas Raiders coach, John Gruden, was fired for, that's all you found in these findings. Now, for what people don't know, and I heard this from, I can't remember which show I heard it from, but I think Andrew Brandt said, I think it's on the Ross Tucker show, Ross Tucker, Ross Tucker football podcast. I think he said, oh, no, 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 that they, there's been a punishment handed down for some of this. They just didn't release the findings. And the punishment was, I don't know, it was like a million dollar fine or, or whatever to the organization. And Dan Snyder had to hand over control to his wife. Yeah, that, boy, that's that sounds like they really got him right there where it counts. There's something involved here. I don't know if it involves a lot of top 
NFL employees or something. There's something that they are trying to sweep under the rug. And I think uh, I applaud the efforts of, of uh, Ross Tucker and Andrew Brandt and Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, Dan Patrick. Rich Eisen's doing this. The big media people, hey, I, heck, I'm, I'm right there with you, but, you know, I'm not as big as, and established as you guys. But we got to keep pushing this. There's something there, and they just can't sweep this under the rug and think we're going to forget about it. We have to keep pressing. There is something bad here, and it needs to be out in the open. Because all these former employees are sounding more and more like victims who are trying to speak out. And they're just being told to keep quiet. Whatever is going on here, it needs to come out in the open. And I understand what kind of, what that can unleash. But it needs to come out here in the open. And we need to do something about it. Goodell, you can only hide behind it so long. And I don't know, I don't know who you're protecting. Maybe it's him. I don't know. But it's something. And it's got to be more than a, uh, you're finding a billionaire a million dollars. That's like that's like if you find one of us uh, a dollar for a parking violation. What's a dollar to most of us, right? You're like, whatever, here's two dollars. I'm going to do it again. So he, he quote unquote handed control over to his wife. It's, I don't know, just the whole thing is a mess. It needs to come out in the open. We need to know what actually went on so that we can prevent it from happening again. If you don't learn from the past, you're destined to repeat it. That's not just some fun saying in the back of a textbook. It's true. If you don't remember and learn from the past, you're doomed to repeat it. Speaking of people doomed to repeat things, let's go through some of the games from last week in the NFL, and uh, then we'll talk Falcons and get into some of the rest of it before I'll give my picks at the end. I already earlier today posted my college picks, one of which is looking pretty good right now. I think the other ones have not started yet. I've had some different picks today, and uh, actually, if you saw my my post on Facebook, uh, I was asked about a UGA pick. And I went ahead and kind of explained that one, too. So there's kind of a bonus one on there if you want to see that one as they will play Florida later on. But some scores from last week on Thursday night. Uh, Dearness Johnson, who last played in the AAF. I barely remember him playing in the AAF, but I barely remember the AAF. I went to a bunch of games. It was a good league. I felt like it had promise. But pandemic kind of squashed it. Uh, Dearness Johnson is... Majority of the reason why the Browns beat the Broncos on Thursday night. Broncos, once again, when you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. It's kind of like me in golf. For the longest time, I had three drivers in my bag. If you have three drivers, you don't have one. You never know which one to hit. You need to get rid of two of them. When you have two quarterbacks, you need to find the one who's the starter, move the other one on, and get somebody else to be the backup. But uh, Big Browns victory on Thursday night there. The Giants absolutely throttled the Panthers 25-3. to This was, this to me was the turning point where, uh, what's his name, Tepper, David Tepper, the owner, possibly started really questioning his head coach, Matt Rule. Uh, you got, what is it, Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, he started questioning Christian McCaffrey's health, questioning Sam Darnold as quarterback. He's got the money to make moves, and I believe he very much will do so. So it will be very interesting to see if Carolina starts blowing things up. they got a really good defense, a pretty good offensive line. Other places is where I would start with that. But the fact that the Giants, who just got their second win in beating the Panthers, yeah, that just a just a, a goofy game but uh good for the, good for the giants on that one falcons fans that really helps you because now we know the panthers are in chaos uh 
two things, well, three things in this world are you can almost count on as death, taxes, and Bill Belichick's just straight up disgust with the Jets. He does not like the Jets at all. And with the Jets kind of in some chaos of their own, the Patriots put a 54-13 to whooping on them. Southern turn whooping. You guys know what that is. Took them to the woodshed for sure, and it was not to gather uh, wood for the fire. Uh, good win for the Patriots. Mac Jones, I like Mac Jones. He's He's showing that the potential to be a really good quarterback is there. And he's just scratching the surface. He's a rookie. Remember, Brady didn't look that great at the start. Big Ben didn't look that great at the start. Peyton Manning in his first year threw like 16 interceptions. I'm not saying he's going to be that great, but I'm not saying he's not. I think they found a gem there. And we'll, it'd be interesting to see how they develop him. But Patriots getting closer to 5 under. The Titans smashed the Chiefs. Chiefs got some problems. It finally caught up to the Chiefs. That they had a high-powered offense, an offensive line that was not reliable, and a defense that was even less reliable than that. So, the Titans put a put a smack on them there too, twenty-seven to three. The Titans continue to roll. They've got a big showdown with the Colts this week. It's one of my games to uh, pick. We'll talk about that a little later on. Good for the Titans. Chiefs have got to start making some decisions here soon. As well. Um, Packers beat the Washington football team 24-10. to It probably could have been more than that, but the Packers didn't need more than probably 15 points. I guess to keep it on a football thing, we'll say they needed 14. But uh, Packers rolled a 6-1. and They, uh, I will talk about their, their game from Thursday here in a minute. Washington football team, when Fitzpatrick went out, it seems like they lost their momentum. And they lost their pizzazz, their punch, their their get it, you know, let's let's get it together. And they've got some good stuff. They got some good pieces. Their defense is pretty good. But their offense is not. So moving forward, they've got to start thinking about some things. And maybe the distraction of of the investigation is getting to them. Who knows? In the only close game all day long, the Falcons narrowly, last-minute field goal, narrowly edge out the Dolphins 30-28. to Dolphins just can't catch a break. The Falcons do catch a break. They are back to 500 with a chance to go over 500 this week. I think they got a pretty good shot of that. We'll talk about that one in a minute as well. Was that one? That is one of the games I picked as well. So, Matt Ryan continues to shine. Kyle Pitts, second most receiving yards by a rookie tight end since 1970 at 163. I believe he had two scores. And like I said, two or three for like 281 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. We can work on the interceptions, but almost 300 yards and four touchdowns? I'll take that from my quarterback. So, teams out there, Houston, I would actually consider. I would have my scouts check him out for sure. But, Houston, I would think about putting Tua in a deal where you ship Deshaun Watson to them and you get a boatload of picks. We're talking the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, all three boats full of picks. And you get Tua as well. Because have him and Davis Mills compete. I like Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor got dinged up again. He's missed some time. He he is. I believe he's coming back this week. Maybe he gives you a better shot. But I think you should make a play for Tua. He's showing that he has the ability to be. I would almost say Alex Smith to a point. He's got a ways to go to prove that. But I think he is a more than capable, above-average quarterback if he plays like he did last week. 
I give the kid all the credit. With all the stuff going on around him, knowing that he's probably going to be replaced sooner rather than later, he goes out and shines. Good for Tua. Maybe he heard me on this show say that I think his brother's slightly better. But good victory for the Falcons. We'll get in, uh, well, yeah, we'll get into their upcoming game here in a minute, but good for the Falcons. This was a team that I thought was not the front office tanking. And by front office tanking, I mean the players are playing hard, but the level of talent on the field is not up to par with the rest of the people they would be playing. But hey, they have. They have found players that have have uh, shown up and and bona fide starters. They have a lot they can really build on, and I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I would make the argument that I would keep Matt Ryan next year as well. The way he's playing, the quarterback options are very limited. You're not getting Russell Wilson. You're not getting Aaron Rodgers. You already have Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is probably a top seven or eight quarterback. He's always been right around that mark. He puts up good numbers. He's a good leader. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And he is most of the reason that you have three wins this year. But good win for the Falcons. Bengals. This shouldn't have been as big a shock to people. Bengals 41, Ravens 17. They're both five and two in this division. Bengals now have a small... Uh, I call it a half-game lead, but they have a small tiebreaker over the Ravens, and they showed that they could beat the Ravens. And this was in Baltimore. The Bengals, they seem to be a year or so ahead of their their rebuild. And I think they're going to be like the Browns last year, oddly enough, same division, in that they're going to be in the playoffs they're going to wreck somebody's season. They're going to get one or two wins in the playoffs. I don't think they're strong enough to go all the way to the Super Bowl. But my goodness. My goodness. They looked impressive. And they showed that you could stop Lamar Jackson. Something a lot of the league hasn't been able to do. Um, in the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff Bowl, Matthew Stafford gets the win for the first time in a long time. As uh, he beats his former team, Jared Goff, not the answer in Detroit. I, unless the owner is almost demanding that you keep Jared Goff as a starter, I feel like Dan Campbell's going to bench him at some point. It may be this week. It may be next week. But his poor play, because the Lions, every week, they come out of the tunnel like they want to run through a wall for Dan Campbell. That's a great thing. They've bought into this coach so early. And he's, he's a likable guy. Everybody says that. He's one of those over overachieving guys who just continues to, to help those around him, and that's what he's doing as a coach. That's, that's a great attribute. But the Rams are just too good. And the Lions, there's a chance. Did I pick that game? I did not. I think the Rams, I mean, I think the Lions have a chance to get their first victory this week. Can't remember who they're playing, but... Either way, I think they can get their first win this week. I think it's going to involve Jared Goff not being quarterback. And uh, not sure where he goes from there. He's going to be a reclamation project for somebody. The Raiders. I'll tell you right now. It has very much looked like once the Raiders are not under the thumb of John Gruden, he's a very demanding coach. He's a very taskmaster type guy. He's very demanding. Seems like they play a little freer. They're a little more upbeat, a little happier. And uh, under this new coach, was it Basakia? Sachia? They, uh, they seem to be rolling. They're right back to where they were. They did this without Darren Waller this week, and they beat the Eagles 33-22. to Eagles, we talked about them with some of their issues 
Raiders on the up and up. They're five and two. They are right at the top of their division. The Cardinals completely smashed the Texans, as they should. Uh, 31 to 5. Not much to say here outside of the JJ Watt news. Uh, Cardinals continue to roll. We'll talk about their Thursday game here in a minute. And the Texans are basically tanking. Their front office tanking. Just like I said, I thought Atlanta was doing. Houston's going to have a top pick next year. We'll see what they do. Good for the Cardinals. 7-0 and going into Thursday. Once again, the Buccaneers are just good. They're probably the second best team in the league right now behind Buffalo. And they just put it on the Bears. The Bears have some injuries here and there. You know, Khalil Mack's not playing. Roquan Smith can't play 11 positions. Justin Fields is, is a brand new quarterback. 38-3. But Bears, you're only 3-4. and four. You've, you've gotten a couple interesting wins this year. If you want to kind of keep pushing, that's fine. I think you need to start, just like I made the case earlier, I think you need to start thinking about the future and not the present. Colts improved to 3-4 and four with a 30-18 victory over the San Francisco 49ers. We'll talk about the 49ers. The Colts, they're talk about a GM that gets it. Their GM does get it. Is Carson Wentz the answer? Maybe. We know it's not Jacob Eason. Unfortunately, UGA fans. It's not these other guys. So at the moment, it's Carson Wentz, and we'll see what he can do. As long as he stays healthy, I think the Colts have the opportunity to challenge Tennessee for this division. But we shall see. Saints over the Seahawks. I really, I really thought the Monday night game would be better than that. But uh, hey, good victory for the Saints. They stay in it. They are four and two. Was the Bucks are six and one. So I mean, they're, you know, they're they're right there with it. Right there with it. Uh, Falcons, their upcoming game, uh, that'll be part of my picks, but they play Carolina this Sunday. I'm just going to try to find that Detroit. Well, so far this week, there's only been one game played. Oh, Detroit or against the Eagles. I think the Eagles are in uh, enough chaos to where I actually think Detroit could win at home. They've actually won three straight games versus Philadelphia, so I think somehow the Lions are going to figure out a way in that one. That's kind of a a sixth pick, a sleeper pick, if you want to call it that. But on Thursday night, in a weird, wild, I guess the word of the day is chaos, chaotic finish, the Packers improved to 7-1 by giving the Cardinals their first loss, 24-21. I'm not going to say this is a great game because I think it was like 10-3 or 10-7 or 7-3 or something at, at halftime, and... Uh, there was a lot of scores towards the end, but two of them were from James Conner on the Arizona side in the uh, third, late third, early fourth, and two of them were Randall Cobb passes, uh, passing catches from from you know catching runs or whatever from Aaron Rodgers. So let's see if I can find. There it is. Yeah, it was 10-7 to 7 at halftime, and then seven points apiece in the late third and early fourth for those made it 24-21. to 21. Don't fool yourself. That was not a good game. It was a high-scoring game. It was a little entertaining. But uh, like I said, I'll talk about Falcons in a minute. Real quickly, real quickly, congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. I watched almost the entire baseball game last night. I was doing some other stuff, so I kept it on while I was doing all that. But it's been a long time since I've seen a majority of a baseball game. Usually I'll flip back and forth between a couple ones or different ones here, especially knowing that neither of my teams were in it. 
But if my teams aren't in it, I like to see the local team do well. And I'll be honest, I don't like the Astros. I have no problem with majority of their players. I don't like their organization, and you guys all know why. In fact, uh, last Sunday, I got to play golf with a buddy of mine I hadn't seen in a long time. It was actually his birthday, and uh, when I got to the when we got to the first tee, I pulled out some plastic Astros tees that I had, and we spent the entire day hacking those to pieces. Because for one, we're not the world's best golfers, and two, it was fun to smash Astro tees. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, I very much want the Astros to lose. I want them to lose in the World Series. And the Braves won Game Three last night, two to nothing. Real, real, just brutal game. You had to opportunities were there, and nobody was capitalized on them. The Braves were able to push across a couple runs, uh, one early and one towards the end, and that was the win there. I think Game. Four is tonight on Fox at 7. But congratulations to the Braves because, once again, if my teams can't win it, I would love to see. I like the best story and I like the local team in that order. The best story and the local team are the same side on this one. I think the Braves have a really good shot. So, from here to the end of the season, go Braves. Atlanta United. Atlanta United, they got the win versus Miami 2-1 to one the other night where uh, Luis Arujo in the 59th minute and Joe Mar or Joseph Martinez, as I refer to him, in the 73rd minute. And uh, that puts them into, I believe, fifth place with three games to go. Most of the remaining teams have uh, two games left, so we kind of have a game in hand. This could help. I think if we win two of the next three, then we are probably possibly third. You want to be second, third, or fourth because you're not going to be first. Second, third, or fourth gets to host a playoff game in the first round. We very much want to do that because we have the best home field. And all of you who have been there know that. And all of you who have not, go to a home game. Next year would be a great time. You probably, you might get a ticket now. But definitely go see Atlanta United. And they have, let's see, their remaining schedule. They play Toronto tonight in Atlanta at 6 p.m. Then they go to New York Red Bulls Wednesday at 7.30. And their season, their regular season will conclude Sunday the 7th, November 7th, in Cincinnati at 3.30. I'll tell you right now, games they can win. Toronto is going to be hard, but they can win that. Can they beat the New York Red Bulls? Yes, they can. Can they beat Cincinnati? They should. So if you can, hey, if you beat Toronto today, you're really in the driver's seat. So go United. And once again, if you've been there, you know. If you haven't been there, why not? You need to go. Go check this out. Or at the very least, find a local pub or or brew house or establishment, restaurant that shows games and go meet up with one of these passionate fan base groups and see what all the excitement's about. Georgia State. Georgia State, big win versus Texas State last week, 28-16. Cradle with a big game. Wide receiver, James Thrash. Um, Darren Granger looked really good. Tucker Gregg got involved. Jam. Williams did fantastic. I still say we were having a lot of fun in in the post game press conference, and Jam was on there, and people were asking him about different things here and there. He had two touchdowns on the day, and he had seventy seven yards, I believe. And so as things started to wind down, I asked him this question. I said, "Hey, Jam, uh, congratulations on the win. Winning aside, put winning aside." Would you rather have a two-touchdown game or 100 yards rushing in a game? He thought about it for a minute. And then he said, you know what? I'd rather have 100 yards. I've never had 100 yards in a game. I told him I thought it was coming up pretty soon. I think he's going to really have an opportunity, maybe today, 
But uh, I thought that interesting because most people are all about the score. But he's like, hey, I've scored two touchdowns before. I've never did 100 yards. And when you see him run, you're like, how has this kid never had 100 yards in a game? That's unbelievable. Must have been a lot of coaches sitting him down or something. I don't know. But they did fantastic. The offensive line are some of the studs by far of this team and this defense. This uh, It was a bend-don't-break. But here lately, they are a uh, they are dominant. And the fact that the offense can can give them a rest here and there, and these long sustaining drives, this is a real, real close to com- com- complete team. And they got a good test today. As uh, on ESPN Plus, they're going to face Georgia Southern, their rival. That they are four and three overall against, I believe. I have personally seen quite a few of them let's see have i seen all of them i may have i may have i think or i've seen almost all of those games i've been to i've been to statesboro uh let me just throw this out there all you panther fans that are listening georgia southern may be your rival and it's a lot more even now than it was before. But Georgia Southern so wants to be Georgia State that they the town they play in is a nod to, to your school. It's State's Borough. So Georgia State's Borough. The Borough of State. We know what a borough is. The state town. It's because you guys own it. Just want to throw that out there. Hope everybody enjoyed that. Let me get to my picks real quick, and we will get out of here on this. Ah, gosh, are we already in winter? It feels that way. Just weird, cloudy, dreary day, but we're going to add some sunshine to it here in a few minutes. My picks for the week. I think since we missed last week, I think the week before that I went like three and two. That sounds about right. But uh, let's start with the game going on right now. Two seven and zero Big Ten squads who are talk about rivals. Michigan versus Michigan State. Number six versus number eight. They are locked in a big battle. I told you to take Michigan. I still stand behind that. You should take Michigan. Washington State at like I said that is on right now on Fox. Uh, Washington State at Arizona State. Take Arizona State as a three o'clock FS1 game. I think Herm Edwards is going to have the, the, the crew ready to go. Washington State's a pretty good squad, but I think they're not quite as good as Arizona State, especially when Arizona State are at home. 3.30 ESPN 3 game is Boston College at Syracuse. Syracuse had a pretty solid year so far. Uh, they may not put some good things together, but I think Boston College is going to take this. I think they are the stronger team. Take Boston College. Um... Number 10, Old Miss, is at number 18, Auburn. That's a 7 p.m. ESPN game. I thought Auburn was going to be a lot better this year than they have been. They've been good. They are number 18 for a reason. That's not a, that's not a nod just because they think they're cool. Take Old Miss in this one. The Old Miss Rebels, if they're still calling themselves that, Old Miss is going to beat Auburn. Take them in that one. And in my late game, you know, I like a late game. Washington at Stanford. That is 1030 on FS1. That is almost, yeah, that's worth staying up for. It's going to be a good one. Washington, solid team. Been doing some fantastic things. Stanford, kind of up and down, but the Pac-10, Pac-12 doesn't need Stanford to be outstanding all the time. I think... Very soon, Stanford's going to start going in a different direction. They're going to redo some things in the organization. Maybe they get a new coach. I don't know. I like their coach. But we'll see. Washington at Stanford. To be honest, I forgot my pick. I'm currently looking it up. I did not mark it on here. This is great podcasting I'm aware of.
Come on. Don't worry, I have my NFL picks right behind this. I will also post them on uh, Facebook. Maybe later. Nah, probably in the morning. I'll probably do it in the morning. Maybe this will pop up. Not sure it's not wanting to load the page. Still not sure why it's not popping up. There is something going on with that today. There we go. Finally got it up. Finally got it to, to work there. I got the picks to load. I took Washington over Stanford, and I think you should too. I think it's going to be pretty close. One of those 24-20. 27-24, something like that. It's, I don't know if they're going to score that much. And once again, for all the people, including Brian Cook, my good buddy Brian Cook. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you want to know if I was staying away from a UGA pick? Here you go. You want my UGA pick? I said, could Florida win? It'd have to be a really bad string of mistakes by the dogs. Possible, but unlikely. UGA should win by 10-plus. Earlier this year, I could have made a better argument, but those Gators snagged a few too many teeth. A couple weeks ago, I could have said this was going to be a really tight battle. Could Florida still win? Sure. I think it's a low percentage. I, once again, I think the dogs win by plus 10. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, there's all my picks as far as college. Once again, Michigan over Michigan State. Take Arizona State over Washington State. Boston College over Syracuse. Ole Miss over Auburn. And Washington over... Stanford, pro picks, Carolina versus Atlanta. I think Carolina's in a lot of turmoil. I think they're in a lot of chaos. The word of the day is chaos. It's the name of this episode. I've used it so many times. Give me the Atlanta Falcons at home to beat the Carolina Panthers. I think Sam Darnold's not going to have a very good day. I would say, let's say three interceptions. He might even get benched again. But uh, Atlanta Falcons are going to improve to four and three. And they're going to be, that's that's only going to put them a game, really a half game behind the Saints for second place. Falcons could be surging. Take the Falcons. San Francisco at Chicago. This is a game where the winner will think they still have a chance and can make a good solid year out of this. And where the loser is going to have to really contemplate their future. I don't know why, because I think they have less of their act together than the other. Give me the Chicago Bears. Give me the Chicago Bears at home to beat San Francisco 49ers. Tennessee at Indianapolis. This is a battle for leader of the division because these, by far, are the two best teams over there. Tennessee at Indianapolis. This is in Indianapolis. I think, once again, Tennessee has a way better momentum swing and more of their act together. Indianapolis is starting to put their act together. I wanted to go Indianapolis, but I just talked myself out of it. I'm taking Tennessee on the road. Uh, 1 p.m. CBS there. The previous two games, 1 p.m. Fox, depends on where you're at. If you're in this area, you're going to see the Falcons. If you're somewhere else, you might see Chicago. New England at the L.A. Chargers. This is going to be fun. Mac Jones versus Justin Herbert. I'm going to say that the Chargers are going to have a bounce back from their previous week. I think they had a they had the loss and then they had a bye week. So they've had a bye week to get ready for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I think it's going to be close. Once again, 31-27, something like that. But uh, give me the Chargers, the 405 CBS game. And also 405... CBS game here. Jacksonville at Seattle. I know what you guys are thinking. The one win, Jaguars, and the two win, Seattle. Two teams you said aren't very good. No, they're not. But Seattle is trending down. Jacksonville is trending up. Jaguar fans, 
I know you guys exist. I've been down there. You guys were a passionate, fun fan base. You throw hellacious parties. They are fantastic. It's so much fun to hang out with you guys. I miss it. I will try to do it sometime in the near future. Come back. But give me the Jacksonville Jaguars for win number two. They're going to go all the way to Seattle to get but I just feel it. I know you guys feel it, too. You guys are going to help run Russell Wilson out of Seattle. So to recap, take the Falcons at home over Carolina. Take Chicago at home over San Francisco. Take Tennessee on the road over Indianapolis. Take the Chargers at home over New England. And take Jacksonville on the road over Seattle. That's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make this so much fun to do each and every week. Promise to do better in getting this out earlier in the week. More check coming tomorrow evening. Season debut there. But we will see you guys down the road. Deuce is good. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.